the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Father, we thank you tonight. We celebrate and we worship your name. For in your name we overcome. In your name we conquer. In your name we have the victory. Thank you, Spirit of God, for victory tonight. Thank you, Spirit of God, for triumph tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for your name that is highly exalted above our circumstances. We give you praise. We give you glory for your blessing. Breathe upon us tonight and bring us understanding. Let your word come with simplicity and yet with great understanding. Thank you, Spirit of God, that our lives are never the same. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Jam your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainted not, neither is he weary. Ask your neighbor, have you not known? <laughs> have you not heard? That the everlasting God. Okay. Have you not known? Have you not heard? <laughs> that the Lord, the everlasting God. Somebody say the everlasting God. The everlasting God means that he has been around for a very long time. Praise the Lord. He's been around for countless times. He has been minding the business of the world, taking charge of the world, attending to the needs of the world for a very long time. Very, very long time. Time such that you cannot count. And if you are looking at the kind of work he has done, you can also look at creation. So he said, he's the everlasting God who has been before everything was. And if you think that you can work yourself and get tired and be weary, he created the whole earth. He's the one who created everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of the world and they that were therein. For he had founded him upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord who shall stand in his holy place? So he says, if you look at all of this, he's been around for a long time. He has done a lot of work nobody can ever do. And if you haven't heard, he never faints. The fact that he's been around for a long time and the work he has done is incomparable. There is one thing he cannot do. He never faints. He's never tired. And because he never faints and he never gets tired, he's able to give power to the weak. I'm sure that when you are looking for strength, you will go to someone who has it. Is that not what you do? Yeah. You see, the reason why we can trust God and go to God for strength is because, one, he has been around for a long time. 
There's no challenge you are dealing with that you need strength for. He has not seen. And he has done the greatest part of the job anybody can do. And that is creating the whole of the universe. Look at the sea. Look at the forest. Look at everything. He's created everything. So he starts out by telling us the reason why you can go to him for strength. The reason why you can go to him for power. Apart from the fact that all of these things he's done, he never faints and he's never weak. And because you cannot wear him out. You see, you may have money, but your money is limited. If you have one million Ghana cities and somebody brings you two million requests, he has outrun you. Is that not true? Yeah. So he says, he is powerful enough to give power to the faith. And his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Then he says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. Now to understand that, you have to look at Psalm 103, verse 4 and 5. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, forget all his benefit. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who renews thy youth like the eagle. Again, the book of John, he says, I write unto you, young men, because you are strong. So, youthfulness is associated with strength. Lamentation says that it is good that a man will bear his yoke in his youth. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. So, he establishes the fact that scripture helps us to appreciate that youthfulness is a symbol of strength. And the Bible says he gives strength to even the youth shall faint and be weary. That people have natural skill and ability. At some point, they give in. And the young men shall utterly fall. But, somebody say but. Say but. But. <laughs> but those who know how to wait on God. Somebody say those who know how to wait. Say those who know how to wait. Okay, so those who know how to wait on God. They shall renew their strength. How many of you believe that you need a renewal of strength? You need it. You need it. You need it because all the things he talked about, it affects all of us. The youth, at some point, he gives in. The strong faiths. But those who know how to wait on God, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. He says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That shall be your experience. I said, that shall be your experience from next week. In the mighty name of Jesus. Beginning from tonight, that shall be your experience. Your strength shall be renewed as we wait on God. You will change the level as we wait on God. He said, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. That is, they will change level. You are changing level in the name of Jesus. I see you change level in the name of Jesus. Okay, waiting on God is very, very crucial in our work with God. If you are going to be all that God will have you be and fulfill your destiny and be able to go from strength to strength, everyone that appeared before God in Zion, one of the things we need to learn how to do again and again is to wait on God. And when we wait on God, we stay in his presence. When we wait on God, we fellowship with him. When we wait on God, we pray. When we wait on God, he speaks to us. When we wait on God, we worship him. These are various forms of waiting on God. We minister to God, he ministers to us. 
as we wait on him. One of the things that will help you in your time of waiting on God is to learn to pray in the spirit. Somebody say pray in the spirit. Say pray in the spirit. And so I'm going to be starting a teaching on praying in the spirit. Somebody say praying in the spirit. Say it aloud, praying in the spirit. Yeah, praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow after, follow after, and desire spiritual gift, but rather that you may prophesy. Verse 2. He says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, that's what? Speaketh not unto what? But unto for no man for no man how be it in the spirit he does what? Verse 3 speaketh unto men exhortation and comfort. Verse 4. Let's read it together please. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesied edified the church. Verse 5. I would but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues except he interprets. So context is very important. When it comes to the church, the corporate benefit of the church, he that prophesied Edify the church. So you need to understand that. It is in that context he says that he that prophesy is greater than he that speaketh in tongues. It has to do with the edification of the saints. Alright, now let's go on. Now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except you see I want you to follow it closely because people have used this scripture to lambast tongues. Because Paul spoke about tongues in the context of your personal work and in the context of the corporate worship. Now, personal work with God and the corporate worship. Even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds. How shall it be known what is pipe or harp? Verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall? Verse 9. So likewise, except you utter by words easy to be understood, how shall it be? Uh-huh. So the words that needs to be understood has to do with interpretation of tongues or prophecy. Because he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does not speak unto himself. Does not speak unto my He speaks unto himself. So the word he started with is what he's following through. He starts by telling you that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man. But he speaketh unto God. For no man understands him. And then he walks you through. Everything he said is following, giving detailed explanation to this very fact. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. Verse 11. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of a voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian 
and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Verse 13. For as much as he are zealous of spiritual gift, see that to the edifying of the church. Okay, so that's it. Now, wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So when you speak in tongues, it is also good that you pray for interpretation and understanding. And that is largely to your own personal benefit to some degree, but largely in the context he's talking, largely to the benefit of corporate fellowship. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my, my, my understanding is unfruitful. When you hear somebody say, I don't want to be praying in a way I don't understand. That is what tongues is about. Tongues is not with your understanding. Tongues is with your spirit. My understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with understanding also. The word is I will. Somebody say I will. Say I will. Uh So I initiate the process. I will. I'm sure some of you have heard people saying that, oh, how come then you go and they say, let's pray. And everybody's, everybody starts praying in tongues. Then they will ring a bell. Then everybody has stopped. Yeah, it's because we are in charge of it. Somebody say, I'm in charge of it. Yeah, you are in charge of it. You are in charge of it. You are in charge of it. I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding also. So we see that there are two levels of praying here. Praying with understanding. Somebody say pray with understanding. And praying with the spirit. Somebody say pray with the spirit. Okay, that is what it means. When we say we are praying in the spirit, we are simply means we are praying in tongues. Somebody say I'm praying in tongues. Yeah, when you pray in the spirit, you are praying in tongues. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Romans 8, 26 to 27. One go. Likewise, the spirit also helps our weaknesses. How many of us have some weaknesses? And in the context is dealing with weaknesses in prayer. He said, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. But the spirit himself makes... Uh Verse 27. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Praise the Lord. One of the most important gifts to the new creation is the gift of tongues. Somebody say the gift of tongues. Now, you see, there are nine gifts of the spirit. Apart from interpretation of tongues and speaking in tongues, all the others were seen in the Old Testament. All the other gifts. The only two gifts that were not available to the Old Testament man is the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. That's why this gift is so crucial as far as the spirit-filled life is concerned. 
The word of wisdom was in the Old Testament. The word of knowledge was in the Old Testament. In the ministry of Jesus, he manifested these gifts. In the ministry of the prophets, they manifested these gifts. But when it comes to tongues and interpretation of tongues, they were not there. And that, I also understand why. In fact, when I checked and I realized that this is the case, then I understood why there's a lot of criticisms about tongues. Just like I was talking to you on Sunday about money. Anything that has to do with our advancement progress in the spirit, Satan finds a way to come against it strongly. That's why the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. The natural man cannot. Because they will always remain foolishness to the natural man. That's why as a believer, you cannot take lessons or learn how to live your faith by depending on the response of unsaved people or even carnal people around you. The thing that should guide your life, the thing that should help you to live the spirit-filled life is the word of God. Am I communicating here? If you want to maximize your spiritual life and be all God will have you be, you have to be mindful of what scripture says. Much more than what you feel, much more than what popular opinion is, and much more than what any other person thinks. So, so important. When the Holy Ghost announced himself on the day of Pentecost, the first manifestation we see is speaking in tongues. That was the first manifestation. The Bible said, and the Spirit sat upon them like clothing tongues of fire, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak, and they never stopped speaking. Apostle Paul was speaking to the church of Corinth. He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than ye all. I speak in tongues more than ye all. The fact that when you pray in tongues, you don't understand does not mean God does not understand. Are you here with me? You don't understand. It doesn't mean God does not understand. The Bible says, for no man understands him. How be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries to God. Have you seen? Maybe you don't even have to visit maybe the shrine before or this. You have seen it in some of the movies. When they go to the shrine, all the things that are comfort the priest is doing, they'll be speaking the language. They don't understand nothing. Am I communicating here? Yeah, they don't understand anything. Most of the times they do. They don't understand. Somebody is pretending he understands and you'll be interpreting. The shrine is saying, they will act like they understand everything but he doesn't understand anything you who has come there for consultation you don't understand what they are saying but at the end of the day whatever they will tell you to do you do because you see it as what and yet when we get born again and God gives us instruction we have become so learned Yeah, we have become wrongly learned that we can appreciate the things of the Spirit of God. That's what the Bible says, that the natural man, somebody say the natural man. Say the natural man. The natural man receiving all the things of the Spirit of God. You will not. You see, you can be a believer and sometimes function like a natural man. You can be a believer. And your attitude towards spiritual things will not change. That is why your mind has to change. The spirit-filled life begins with transformation from within. But until your mind comes into alignment with the spiritual transformation that is taking place within you, you will never maximize the life in the spirit. You will never. 
And I mean never. You will never maximize your life, the benefits, the dividends of the spirit-filled life with an unrenewed mind. Because the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. There are Christians to whom some spiritual exercises are foolishness. They are Christians, all right. They are safe. But praying in tongues to some believers is, is a waste of time. They are too polished to pray in tongues. So they are in their office and they say, let's pray. And they pray quietly. Some of them, even when they have opportunity, I'm not saying that when they say pray and let's start a meeting, then you lift one song to another song. Then you say, everybody, open your mouth and begin to pray. That's not that kind of thing I'm talking about. Have you been to a dinner before where you are ready to eat, you are very hungry? And they say we should pray and somebody has lifted the song. We thank you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> At that time, you realize that people are not singing the song. <laughs> because you are not behaving according to the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So, what makes it so important? What makes tongues so important? Why is it so important that you pray in the Spirit? You see, among many things, in fact, it's not among many things. The main thing that separates the new man from the old man is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. That is the principal thing that makes a believer different. He says, I will live in you and I will walk in you and I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my ways. The spirit of God was not within them. That's why God gave them laws. He didn't give us laws. He gave them laws because the Spirit of God was not in them to instruct them. We don't give laws to the new creation because the Spirit of God lives in him. And he tells him to do things that sometimes go way above the law. So scripture tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 25 verse 22. It says, the fruit of the Spirit. Now when you go to the last one, it said... Against such there is no law. Now let's go, take me there, let me show you something there. Against such there is no law. When he says you are not under the law, it's because God is wise and he knows that the spirit is able to lead you in a better way, in the way of righteousness, much more than any law. Yeah, that's why you need the spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Against such there is no law. Against such there is what? So, he said, instead of giving you laws, he gave you his spirit. And then once you begin to produce fruit energized by the spirit of God, the fruit you produce is superior to any law. So, when you manifest the fruit of the spirit, no law, you don't have to give you a law. Thou shalt not steal because self-control is there. Am I communicating? Love is there. Against such, there is no law. So it's important that we appreciate the spirit-filled life and how it empowers us to walk in dominion in all things. That's what the Bible says. If you through the spirit, if you are going to walk in righteousness, you need the spirit. If you are going to honor God, you need the spirit. If you are going to overcome Satan, you need the spirit. If you through the spirit mortifies the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. He didn't say if you through the law, observing the law by the deeds of the law, nobody is ever able to fulfill the righteousness of God. Nobody is ever justified. That's why we need to understand the spirit and be able to live the spirit-filled life. Praise the Lord. Why is it so necessary that as a believer, 
You pray in tongues consistently, not occasionally. You pray in tongues most of the time and not some of the time. You pray in tongues all the time and not a few occasions. Why is it necessary? I'll share a few thoughts with you and then if along the fasting time I, I, I am so minded that I do some bit of exhortation we will continue along the same lines. But the first one is that praying in the spirit reminds you of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say praying in the spirit. Say praying in the spirit. Say when I pray in the spirit I am reminded that the Holy Ghost lives in me. Say when I pray in the spirit I'm reminded that the power of God is at work in me. Say, is at work in me. Say, is at work in me. Yeah. This is so, so important. John 14, verse 16. He said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Somebody say, another comforter. That he may abide with you for, 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 I will pray the Father that he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seared him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he said, for he said, for he dwelleth and shall be in you. That is very important. This is a clear difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old, the Spirit came upon them. In the old, the spirit used them. But the spirit of God never dwelt in them. It came upon them for a season. But it never dwelt in them. That's why you cannot say, cast me not away from your presence. And take not away thy Holy Spirit from me. It's not a prayer request for the new man. Because according to this scripture, he says, verse 16, I'll pray the Father and shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. He didn't say he will come and go. He didn't say that when something happens, he will go. So you have to pray that he is restored. No. Are you here with me? That's what the Bible says. He will be with you forever. He will be with... You see, when the Holy Spirit leaves you, you are gone. That's why he can't leave you. When Jesus was leaving, he said, I will not leave you like orphans. So when the Spirit leaves you, you are like an orphan. And you know how an orphan, an orphan, an orphan, real one for that matter, their life is. An orphan who is not at the mercy of no one, who has no one to help him. You see how messless their lives can be. He shall be with you forever. Never forget it. Listen, the Holy Spirit is always in you. He's what? He's always in you. You see, the whole work that Jesus came to do, if we want to summarize it, it was just to make way for the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. That's all he came to do. To make way. He said, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You couldn't become a temple in your old state. He revived you, gave you life. So that now, the spirit of God cannot dwell in you. Am I communicating here? That's why Jesus said, it's better for me to go. Because I finished my assignment. What I needed to do was to bring you to a place where the same level that Adam was fellowshipping with God, you can also fellowship with him. In the cool of the day, God came to Adam and could fellowship. Why? Because they were functioning at the same level. God is a spirit. Adam is a spirit. 
But the moment Adam died through sin, the spirit of God departed from him so he couldn't commune with God. At that level, at that intimate level. Am I complicating here? That's what God has done through Christ. Listen, you see, this is a generation where a lot has been emphasized with the anointing oil, anointing oil. People are conscious of what is outside them than what is in them. They are too conscious of what is outside them. We are always conscious of what is outside. Can you come to a place where you are so full and ever reminded that there's something in you? You know, John could speak and say, little ones, little children, do not be afraid. For greater is he that is in you. Can you always remind yourself? For God, it is he that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He said, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that is at work. Somebody say, there's power at work in me. Say, there's power at work in me. First John chapter 2 verse 27. He said, the anointing which you have received of him abided in you. Somebody say, there's anointing in me. Say, there's anointing in me. Say, there's anointing in me. Yeah. Don't deserve carrying your head about looking for anointing. There's anointing in you. And when you pray in the spirit, you activate that anointing. Praise the Lord. You stir it up. Paul says, stir up the gift of God which is in you. Praise the Lord. There is some power at work in you. And the more you pray, the more you stimulate it, the more it comes alive, the more it becomes strong. Am I communicating here? That's what it's about. John chapter 16 verse 7. He said, however I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable and advantageous for you, for that I go away. For if I go not away, look at this, look at this, and imagine all of these descriptions at work in you. He's living in you. Somebody said, there's a helper in me. There's a comforter in me. There's an advocate in me. There's a strengthener in me. There's a standby in me. All of these adjectives that describe the Holy Spirit are present in you. There's a counselor in you. When you feel confused and you don't know what to do with your life, there's a counselor in me. You lay your hands on your belly and say, Spirit of God, you are my counselor. Show me the way out of this situation. Am I communicating to somebody at all? You feel weak, depressed. Spirit of God, you are my strengthener. I receive strength. Then you begin to blast in the language of a spirit. So every time you pray in tongues is an opportunity to remind yourself that you are not helpless. Somebody say amen. amen. Every time you pray in the spirit, you are telling yourself, I'm not an orphan. I have a comforter who is at work in me. That's what we do when we pray in the spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit because he's in you. Don't grieve him. <laughs> yeah. Grieve him not. That is uh, Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So it is a done deal. You see, what actually makes you a child of God is the seal of the Spirit. Somebody say the seal of the Spirit. The seal of the Spirit. Say the seal of the Spirit. the seal of the Spirit. You remember the Bible said, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, if the seal is not there, Anybody who is not the child of God, he knows. <laughs> if you are not the child of God, you know. If you are a child of God, you also know. You know. How do you know 
The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the children of God. So, without him, I can do nothing. Somebody say, without him, him. I can do nothing. That's why he's in you. That's why he will not leave you. He will not leave you. You can't sin enough for the Holy Spirit to leave you. Did you hear what I said? Yes, no, no, no. He will still be around because he's the only person who can bring you out of sin. If you through the Spirit mortifies the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. He's the one for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. The moment he leaves you, you are gone. You see, the same way the blood of Jesus was the only thing that could save us is also the spirit of God that can keep us in the path of walking with God. Am I communicating here? Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. The same can be said of the Holy Ghost. Without him, you can do nothing. Everything we do pleases God when it is done through the spirit. Do you know that even Jesus couldn't please the Father without the spirit? Everything he did, he had to be through the spirit. Including his ultimate sacrifice on the cross. It was through the spirit. The Bible said, if the blood of booze and the ashes of an ahifa sprinkled upon the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the legs, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself unto God without spot. Without the spirit, Christ could not have offered himself unto God. The spirit energized him, empowered him to be able to make that ultimate sacrifice. And there's no way you can present your bodies consistently to God without the enablement of the Spirit. Somebody say, I have help in the Spirit. Say, I have assistance in the Spirit. I am not powerless. I am supernaturally enabled. I'm supernaturally equipped. I'm a supernatural man. I have power with God and I prevail amongst men. Shout an amen if you believe it. That's very, very important. You have to remind yourself. Never forget that the Spirit of God is in you. And one great way to help you remind yourself every day is when you pray in the Spirit. Number two, praying in the Spirit facilitates deep and intimate fellowship with God. 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 Deep and intimate fellowship. You see, the closer you get with the person, the more coded your conversations become. Am I communicating here? Yeah. When you see people are too close, when you are close, even when he gives you an eye sign, you know what he's talking about. Because you have become so intimate, you understand yourself. You are able to communicate at a much deeper level. Non-verbal communication, and yet you are communicating. When we pray in the spirit, we are communicating with God at a much deeper level. God is what? God is what? God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in what? Spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. Now, go to John 16 verse 7. Look at this. He says, I will come into you, but if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. To be in close fellowship. Oh, to be in close fellowship. To be in close fellowship. To be in close fellowship with you. You see? The Holy Spirit helps us to relate with God in a much intimate way than Jesus would have done in his personal presence. 
Because when Jesus was on earth, he was limited by his body. So he could fellowship with a few people at the same time. But the Holy Spirit can fellowship with all of us at the same time, at the same level, in different occasions. Am I communicating here? No matter where we are, he's not limited, restricted by space or anything. When you lose him, by yielding up and opening up your spirit to him through prayer, he comes and you enjoy fellowship. Fellowship, 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 fellowship. Look at this. First Corinthians 14, 2. He said, if I praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. How many of us want to share intimacies with him alone? Intimacies just between you and him. Nobody interferes. It's just the two of you. Intimacies between you and him. Praying in tongues helps you to commune with God effectively like none other. You engage your spirit. That is why praying in tongues must be a necessary experience. Somebody say daily experience. Because he yearns to fellowship at a closer level with you every time. And then of course, number three, praying in the spirit edifies or builds you up. Somebody say praying in the spirit builds me up. Praying in the spirit edifies me. Uh-huh. Edifice. When we talk about edifice, you all know what an edifice is. It's a great edifice. That's why you build an edifice. You become a beautiful edifice. When you pray in the spirit, it builds you up. He that prays in a no tongue edifies himself. Edifice. The body. One of the greatest misconceptions that I read about that many years ago was the fact that when you pray in the spirit, you build yourself, you build your spirit up, or you edify your spirit. <laughs> you charge up your spirit. It's true, but praying in tongues cannot just be limited to building up your spirit. Your body is affected. Somebody say, my body is affected. Body is the Bible did not say he edifies his spirit. He said he edifies himself. You edify himself. You edify. You build up yourself. That's what Jude was also saying. Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Jude 1.20. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself. Building up yourself. Building up yourself. You lay one block at a time. You lay one block at a time. You wake up in the morning. You wake up at night. You wake up at dawn. Praying in the spirit. You are adding blocks. You are adding. By the time you finish, you are looking like a beautiful edifice. I'm not communicating here. You are raising a, a beautiful edifice in the spirit. That's what you do when you pray in tongues. Praying in the spirit builds you up. It builds you up. It builds you up. And you need to constantly be built up. You have to be built up. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Build you up. Build you up. When you go to the gym, you are building up. Building up muscles. Against the day somebody will come and attack you. <laughs> in the same way, when we pray in the spirit, we are building up. We are building up. So when Satan brings a challenge, you are already built up. You are not running away. You are not saying, let me go and come. That is not the time you are declaring a fast. You are built up. Am I communicating? You have to be built up. That's what the Bible says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Because he can come at any time. Am I communicating here? He can come at any time. Satan left him for a more opportune time. He has not left you forever. You come again. But while he's away, you are building up. 
You are building up. You are building up. And when he comes and he sees the muscle, <laughs> may he see your spiritual muscle. Yeah. In the next 21 days, as we wait on God, that's what we are going to be doing. You are building up. Building up. Building up. Now listen, if you go to the gym for three weeks and you stop, after some time, <laughs> one look like sex packs will go away. <laughs> Am I communicating here? Yeah. You have to go and go and go and go and go. And sustain the going. Consistency. And it's the same. If you are going to build spiritual power, it's the same thing. Consistency. Consistency. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Listen. Never, 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 never get tired and weary of praying in the spirit. It's like the ten virgins. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. See, the five that were wise, they're the ones who had oil in their lamps and they carried extra oil. So, when you are constantly building up, you are building up reserves. So, those you are using, and that's what we do when we go into long periods of fasting and prayer, we build up reserves against the evil day. Because the evil day is bound to come. And the only thing that will help you in the day of evil is when you have a lot of strength. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So you have to build up strength so that when the day of adversity comes, no matter how terrible that day of adversity is, you'll still be standing. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you is condemned already. Are you here with me? So when we pray in the spirit, apart from reminding ourselves of that the spirit of God is in us, Apart from edifying ourselves, we also build up spiritual power. Apart from facilitating deep fellowship with God, we build up spiritual power. We build up ourselves. And number four, praying in the spirit gives you access to supernatural secrets. Supernatural what? Supernatural secrets. There are things you will not understand. There are things you will not know. Spirit of God will only bring them to you while you are praying in the spirit. They become clear after you are praying in the spirit. Many things. Many things. Many things you don't know, you get to know them. Many things you didn't understand, you begin to understand them. Certain things where there was a dark cloud, all of a sudden clarity comes. Certain attitudes you couldn't tell, now you are getting clarity about them. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.2. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning, because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Somebody say secrets, hidden truths, not obvious to the understanding. You'll be confronted with things that your natural mind cannot understand. You'll face issues, challenges in life that you need to tap into a supernatural. You remember Daniel and his friends? He said, what the king is asking for, there is nobody on the planet who can give you an interpretation. But he said, but there's a God in heaven. At that time, Daniel didn't know how to speak in tongues, but he knew that God could reveal secrets. But in our era, we can understand how Daniel assessed those secrets. Those secrets are there. The Bible said the Holy Spirit reveals the deep things of God. 
I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into that, the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But he had revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. There are things called the deep things of God. And you can assess those deep things with your shallow mind. Deep call it unto the deep. When you go deeper in the spirit, by praying and engaging your spirit in tongues, you come to a place where you are now ready and willing to receive and be able to comprehend. Some things will come to you. You may even bind them. You may think that it's demon talking to you. Your spirit is not alive yet. I pray that as we wait on God within the next 21 days from next week, a fresh understanding will come to you. You'll be ushered into a new dimension in your relationship with God. You will get into a deeper dimension in your walk with God. Lift up your voice and begin to receive grace to pray in the spirit like never before. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.